0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Significant things that are happening today and always good to be able to welcome the Australian Christian Lobby's Lyle Shelton who's on the line with us. Hi Lyle, welcome along. Thanks a lot
0: Neil, great to be with you again.
1: Well, things are starting to settle, and you know that when the coalition has the numbers and forming governments and naming new front benches, well, today is a significant day, a new front bench to be named.
0: Yes, that's right, uh, Neil. um whilst uh, counting is still underway uh, in particularly in the Senate, Um, and a couple of House of Rep seats. The government uh, does have a clear majority, and obviously the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, feels that he has the confidence to be able to go to the Governor-General and to um, say that he's going to form a government. government. So uh, he's proceeding today with uh, naming his new front bench, and uh, we do expect to see uh, some new faces there. We we saw some ministers uh, lost at the election, and uh, we've seen the junior coalition partner, the Nationals, um, increase their representation in the House of Representatives and they, that therefore entitles them to um, greater representation in the Coalition Ministry. So the Nationals are expected to uh, perhaps um, see two of their number uh, named in uh, the Turnbull Ministry and um, those touted as possible uh, candidates for promotion are uh, Senator Matt Canavan from Queensland, the Rockhampton-based uh, senator, and uh, Bridget McKenzie from uh, Gippsland in Victoria, seen as two likely candidates to uh, be promoted uh, to Cabinet.
1: Well, there's a party room meeting planned for Canberra today for these coalition members, and uh, perhaps not everything will go super smoothly. It might not, all, not be all smiles. Maybe it'll be all smiles for the cameras afterwards, but it might not be all smiles uh, within that party room, Lyle. No,
0: it certainly won't be. Um, There's a a lot of questions being asked uh, by government uh, members um, about uh, why the election didn't go uh, as planned. Um, Certainly media reports indicate that Malcolm Turnbull was briefed by his pollsters that he was going to win uh, fairly easily. Uh, In the end, he's hung on uh, to a narrow win, possibly a one or two seat uh, majority and uh, a lot of questions being asked, um, questions about the superannuation policy, which was uh, said not to be retrospective, but I think most would agree that it, it is retrospective. Um, questions over um, uh, uh, over the, the uh, campaign strategy, which didn't include issues like border security and uh, terrorism and, and these sort of things. So uh, a lot of questions were being asked. Um, the, uh, the Liberal Party's pollster, Mark Texter, has been uh, asked to front up to the party room. Now, that's uh, a very... Uh, That's a very unique situation, and um, I think there could be a bit of uh, anger uh, by uh, parliamentarians who have been returned as to um, the the polling advice that the uh, coalition was giving. And even um, the polling advice on issues like same-sex marriage, Mark Texter has been giving advice to those who want to change the definition of marriage, uh, which is against Liberal Party policy, and yet their, their pollster has been... Um, working in that space. So uh, he could well come under some, um, significant scrutiny in that party room meeting. Watch out for leaks that come out of uh, that meeting. Uh, there, there'll, there'll be people, uh, I'm sure, giving, uh, inside information to journalists. So it'll be fascinating to see the reporting that comes out of that today.
1: Now, the fact that the government doesn't have a huge majority, uh, in some ways, uh, let me just uh, you know pick your brain here, your, hear your heartbeat, because when it comes to some of these really important cultural issues, like the marriage plebiscite that will be potentially planned for a little perhaps later this year, uh, the fact that there's not a big majority may actually be... Uh, some level of assurance that those who are within the coalition and pushing to continue with that marriage plebiscite idea, uh, not uh, doing away with it at all, uh, that it's more likely to have uh, traction uh, given that uh, that the numbers are fairly tight, Lyle. I I think that's right, Neil. I think
0: the immediate vulnerability will be uh a private members bill that will be put into the parliament i'm sure uh the labor leader bill Shorten will try and um see if he can test the numbers in the parliament to to try and get the parliament to deal with this so that there is no plebiscite now i think the government will have enough discipline and uh a firm enough uh but albeit slim majority to withstand that and uh then it'll be a case of whether the senate will pass uh, a plebiscite enabling bill uh, to allow, uh, the people to have a vote. And I expect, uh, Labor to, to lose, um, a private members bill and attempt to, to ram this through the parliament. I expect that'll be blocked. Uh, then, um, I would expect them to then, uh, fold, uh, on blocking the plebiscite enabling bill in the Senate. So I would expect to see, uh, a plebiscite, and this, this is just my, my thinking. I mean, the Senate may block it altogether, which might mean same-sex marriage is off the agenda for three years, but I suspect that the Senate will fold and allow the plebiscite to take place. The big question will be whether or not that will all play out before Christmas or whether um, we'll see uh, the plebiscite occur sometime in 2017. Um, either way, I'm not too concerned, but uh, we as uh, people of faith, people who uh, believe in the definition of marriage need to start getting ourselves organised and prepared uh, for that eventuality.
1: Uh, We'll want to move on in just a moment, but when you say people of faith getting themselves organised, I mean, how do we look at that organisation? A lot of people will be looking to the Australian Christian Lobby, given the prominence that you have uh, insofar as uh, your capacity to speak nationally on this issue. Is there going to be a campaign that the Australian Christian Lobby will run, uh, even a fundraising campaign too, uh, for some sort of a fighting fund to be able to defend marriage? Is that something that, uh, that you guys are perhaps pursuing?
0: Yes, very much so, Neil. And, and and we have already been doing this, obviously, and people have been very supportive of us, both with finances and, and volunteers during the election period. We, we had to make sure we could secure the plebiscite. That objective has been achieved. Uh, we will be working with other... Partners. Uh, there are other organisations uh, around uh, the country that we are working closely with and we will be looking to build a campaign um, which ACL will be a part of. We will be a player. We won't uh, be necessarily um, the only group. Um, but we expect uh, to see coalescing around um, key players and uh, a very visible campaign starting to emerge over the next, um, I would say, weeks and months. Uh, But it will require all of us to be very, very active to not take this issue for granted. This is very winnable. Um, I think uh, the Australian people have not seen uh, the arguments from the other side, the argument that changing the definition of marriage uh, changes the definition of parenting, which uh, creates injustice for children. Uh, There's all these things which are yet to play out and this will be a big part of uh, the campaign, uh, which we'd really encourage everyone to be involved in. This is not a time to sit back and to be complacent. Uh, We we do have um, an opportunity here to preserve the definition of marriage uniquely and and I think that is very achievable if we all get involved.
1: It feels like, Lyle, there's just been a little bit of a rest while the aftermath of the election has been happening and while we're waiting for all of those votes to be counted and for the Senate to be finalised. But we realise that the battle will continue and, and people will be back into this battle very solidly in the not-too-distant future. We'll be watching more of this space and we'll be looking to hear some more Uh, guidance uh, from you on some of the directions that uh, you'll be taking with the Australian Christian Lobby. Let me just get your reflection for a few moments. There's some international uh, challenges that are on around the world, Uh, not least of those, of course, the coup in Turkey. Uh, Then there's uh, the major truck attack in Nice. Uh, Overnight, there's been the uh, more police officers shot uh, Baton Rouge in the United States and that sort of uh, unrest that's going on there. And there's so much to talk about. We perhaps can't talk about all of that. Uh, But uh, your reflections, uh, Lyle Shelton, on uh, what happened in Nice over uh, like last Friday. Uh, the truck attack, uh, it just uh, takes terrorism to a whole new level, doesn't it?
0: It, it surely does, Neil. Um, it's just uh, totally unbelievable uh, what's uh, occurring. Uh, it's shocking. Um, the, the brutality of it is, is just uh, shocking. Um, my comment on, on the Nice uh, attack and, and the uh, the general rise in Islamic terrorism that we are seeing is that whilst ever so-called moderate islamic states like pakistan have christians on death row for simply allegedly blaspheming the prophet muhammad that is always going to be a big green light uh to terrorists for for the islamist radicals uh if if, if this is what um islam is allowing uh, in moderate states like pakistan that you can uh, put people like asia bibi uh well-known christian who is on um, trumped up charges of blasphemy on death row with the um the, uh, the courts in, in Lahore saying that uh, she uh, is, is due to hang and has been on death row uh, with the sentence of hanging, hanging over her head, uh, no pun intended, for, for some time now. And, and there's many, many others like her. If that's what Islamic law allows, then, then that obviously emboldens um, uh, terrorists and emboldens those who want to then go out and kill other infidels and uh, i think there's big questions that need to be asked in the islamic world about uh, the way they treat people uh, who don't uh, support their faith and um, and uh, i think it's time that the muslim world stepped up and, and called out this lack of tolerance that we see in many islamic countries saudi arabia for instance you cannot set up a church you can't um, buy land to, to establish a church there is no freedom of religion there is this intolerance in islam and i think uh, that then is emboldened on the extreme fringes which is where we see this brutal bloodshed and uh, so I think there's big questions within the religion that need to be asked and I'd love to see their leaders standing up and calling out uh, this intolerance where it occurs in so-called moderate areas because that only emboldens the extremists.
1: Interestingly over the weekend and you might have caught the comments that were made by Pauline Hanson uh, from One uh, One Nation who uh, is calling for a uh, a major uh, royal commission into Islam. I don't know whether you've thought through uh, that issue and uh, whether there's any support coming from the Christian side uh, for that idea. Do you have any immediate uh, sort of reaction to the sorts of things that Pauline Hanson is talking about, given that she will uh, be a senator in the new Senate? Yeah, I've, I've seen those public comments that Pauline Hanson has made um,
0: I don't know whether a Royal Commission is the right way to do this. I think there's a lot of um, Muslim people in Australia who uh, are living their lives as ordinary Australians and um, and they like it here because this is a safe uh, free place uh, where they can get ahead economically and, and create a better life than what they could back in their countries of origin whether it's Lebanon or, or um, Pakistan or, or places in Africa. Uh, and I think by and large a lot of these you know most of these people are peace-loving people who, who fit in well, Uh, into australia um where i think questions need to be asked is around uh, some of the teaching in islam and um and and what is being taught in in some of the the mosques and and whether or not there's there's tacit support being given for extreme ideology now i know our authorities uh monitor this very 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 closely and and that should continue um I don't know that we need a royal commission though, whether that would um you know create more angst and, and divide people i I think it's clear that there are aspects of Islam that uh, that do need to be questioned. We do need to see their leaders give clarification, just as the President of Egypt last year called on the on the imams and the Islamic scholars at, at uh, the the big centre for Islamic Studies at Cairo. Uh, where he said, you've got to clarify to the rest of the world whether our religion is about killing <laughs> everyone else. And um, that's that's still an open challenge from uh, President Assisi of, of Egypt. And, and I think I'd like to hear more from Australian Muslim leaders on, on what the intentions of, of, of Islam are. And, and particularly when you see, as I say, moderate Islamic states putting people on death row for allegedly blaspheming their prophet. Um, those sort of questions need to be answered. I don't think we need a royal commission for that, but I think we need to have more public discussion on that, and, I, and I'd like to see Australian Muslim leaders um, a little bit more vocal on and clarifying uh, some of these aspects of, um, of, of the Islamic teaching.
1: And just finally, Lyle Shelton, uh, you've got a special guest coming to Australia next month, Brendan O'Neill, the editor of Spiked Online. Now this is an interesting alignment uh, hosted by the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, but as far as I'm aware, Brendan O'Neill uh, he called, would consider himself very far from being Christian, but some of the views that he expresses and his way of articulating those things are very impressive. I, I imagine that's the, the connection there, that uh, AC sponsoring his visit?
0: Very much so, Neil. This is um, a really interesting opportunity for us. His organisation actually reached out to us. Uh, they are interested in freedom of speech, so are we. Uh, as far as I know, Brendan O'Neill is not someone of faith. He uh, identifies as a, as a humanist, but he's someone who believes very passionately in um, in, in freedom in and the free institutions of, of Western civilization. And he's very articulate. Um, some of your listeners might have seen him on Q&A recently on the ABC, where he, he uh, can see very clearly that uh, issues like same-sex marriage are, are very much anti-freedom and they, they suppress freedom of speech. Uh, and there's other other aspects of, um, of the way our politics and, and culture is going in terms of political correctness. So when uh, his organisation approaches, we thought this was a great opportunity um, to align with someone who isn't necessarily uh, of our faith, but certainly understands the importance of freedom and freedom of speech, which are obviously fundamental to to our faith and to um, a functioning democracy. So uh, we think this will help contribute to the public discourse, and uh, we'll be encouraging people to come out. We're taking him uh, to several Australian uh, cities, and we're very much looking forward to uh, partnering with Brendan and his organisation, uh, Spiked Online.
1: And interesting alignments, Lyle, because uh, a lot of people will applaud uh, the alignment there between Australian Christian Lobby and Brendan O'Neill, because when it comes to major issues like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, uh, sometimes we can feel as Christians as though uh, we're the only ones uh, uh, howling into the wind and trying to uh, to fight uh, a battle. But there are co-belligerents, people who are fighting alongside uh, for the same end even though they come from perhaps sometimes a different religious or different philosophical base but there's going to be need isn't there and particularly in the lead up to a marriage plebiscite for christians to align with a lot of other groups who might not call themselves christian and yet are fighting for the same end for the good of the family and for children for next generations this is an important uh, thing to be considering yeah, it's, it's absolutely
0: important. And you, you've expressed it very well, Neil. Um, we need as many allies as, as we can. Um, political correctness and, and the way uh, laws, particularly anti-discrimination laws, are being used to suppress freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of belief. These are really, really serious issues which are impacting on our politics and impacting on our freedoms, the freedoms of Christian schools to be able to Um, maintain their ethos is under enormous pressure in um, several of our states. I'm here in Melbourne today talking with parliamentarians about uh, moves there to uh, take away freedom from Christian schools Um, and so uh, it is important we partner with people like uh, Brendan. It's important that all of us um, uh, uh, I guess wake up and become aware that these pressures are very real and uh, they are affecting um, our society and our freedoms and uh, Our our democracy, our freedoms are only preserved if we participate and if we get involved. We cannot sit back and be apathetic and leave it to someone else to run our politics. We have to, as citizens, participate, and that's what we're trying to encourage people to do, and we hope that uh, Brendan's visit will help um, cause us all to, to step up and to take more responsibility for our democracy and for the sort of laws that are being passed because we are seeing our freedoms eroded bit by bit through political correctness, through anti-discrimination laws through these little changes which the Greens and some on the far left of Labor sadly uh, are prosecuting these agendas through our state and federal parliaments and it's it's death by a thousand cuts uh, but we need to uh, step up and recognize it and start to push back on it and uh, make the case for freedom and liberty because I think most Australians want this they don't want uh, these um, these anti-freedom agendas to be prosecuted but how often happens uh, by stealth it happens uh, by little cuts, uh, little changes to legislation. It happens through the media um, trying to uh, uh, use fear and intimidation to suppress free speech. So this will be a very important visit.
1: Well, Lyle Shelton, always so valuable getting your insights and I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where they can follow through with some of the things that you're releasing by, by way of media releases and statements about various aspects of the way Christians look at a lot of the issues that we're facing into the future. Lyle, great to, uh, to uh, have you on 2020 once again today. Thanks so much for being with us.
0: Oh, Neil, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.